Oh, there he is. You're home. We made it home last night. <laughs> Look at me, man. Woo. Let everybody know where you were. I was at Disney with the kids. My daughter's birthday today, fourth birthday. So we did the whole Disneyland thing. I love it. We spent all day there. We had a great time, though. But I'm, 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 I'm wearing it a little bit today, man. Dude, that is a tough, <laughs> tough trip. In part because you're also, you probably had to carry her around a little bit. We had the stroller. We had the stroller. Oh, stroller. Okay, good. Yeah. Good thinking. Um, well, happy birthday. That's yeah. so cool. Thank you. It's Isla. Happy birthday, Isla. Okay. I'm sure she's watching right now. She's opening presents. Much of crap out there. Oh, okay. That's well, going to work. What's that? You, and we have to work? I'm That's going to work, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to the Marine Corps, the United States Marine Corps. 246th birthday, I believe. Cool one. Love I like that. that Isla shares it with the Marine Corps. That's nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Let's get it going on the Wednesday edition of Baseball Today. Uh, you know, some interesting news. Yesterday, Jim Bowden tweeted out from The Athletic that the Yankees have already been in talks, at least, with the agents of free agent shortstops Carlos Correa and Corey Seager. What are the odds that um, one – at least one of those guys ends up in the Bronx, playing his home games in the Bronx this year. For the Yankees' sake, I hope it's like 85%. You know, I hope they really go after one of these guys. I feel like Seager's probably a better fit for the Yankees. I think left-handed bat there plays. Uh, obviously, Correa fits any team as well. But I think Seager, to me, seems more likely. Um, but they need to make a run at, at, at somebody. Whether it's one of these two guys, whether it's a story, it doesn't matter who it is. They need to get someone for shortstop, and they need to get a big name. They've been, they've been promising. They've been telling their fan base, hey, we're staying under the, the threshold because we're going to go after some of these guys this year. If you tell your fans that, you better do it. So I don't care who it is because all these guys are excellent ball players. But I'd say, you, I mean, if they don't do this, they're not the Yankees anymore. So what right? percentage chance do you give it? I know you said for Yankee fans, you hope it's 85%. Baseball I, mind, put your cap on. I, I, I think it is. It's, it's up there. I think it's 80%, 85%. I think they're going to yeah. go get one of these guys because they just said it too much, man. They can't, they can't go back on their words now. I'm with you. Um, I have a feeling this is going to be like a 2009 offseason spending spree. That was the year they got CeCe, Teixeira, and A.J. Burnett all in one season. And they cracked open that piggy bank. So does that mean they're going to add a starting pitcher as well and a presumably a shortstop and maybe somebody else big in free agency? I wouldn't put it past them. I think they've been extremely frustrated. It has been since 2009 since they went to the World Series. Not just won it, but just been to the World Series. You know, this is now going on a dozen years. And the Yankees measure themselves in, you know, not AL East crowns or anything else. They measure it in world championships. And you can't win one. Unless you're there. And that has been a major problem. So if it's not at least 75% on one of those two, because those, in my opinion, are the best two guys out there, one and two free agency-wise for a position player, then what are we doing? What are we doing? That's, I, I love that you said that. I love that you're like, yeah, they measure themselves in World Series championships because obviously they do that. Right. Not it's everybody a, does. It's been a long time, guys. Maybe you should start measuring yourself by a different measuring stick. I don't know. I believe this is the 
it's the first time since like the 1910s, since that decade, that they did not make a World Series appearance for an entire decade. Let's start measuring the Yankees' success in times they beat the Rays during the regular season. That's the new measuring stick for yep. Yankee fans. That's it, guys. Baby steps for this franchise. You guys will be just fine if you start measuring yourself that way. That's simple. All right. Uh, speaking of the Yankees, the A's are reportedly in sell mode. Uh, we saw several reports out there yesterday that Matt Olson is on the Yankees' radar here uh, as, a, as a trade piece that could be had. But there are a bunch of moving parts. Obviously, ever since Bo Mel left, everybody's like, well, they're blowing it up. And A's executives yesterday didn't exactly discount that theory, saying this is kind of our time to turn things over. So out of all the guys that are available by a trade, who do you think is going to be the first one to go? You know, you, you want to say one of the bigger names, one of the Mats, you know, Chapper, Olsen. But I, I did read something I thought was that made a lot of sense. You know, with the CBA looming, some of the bigger names I feel like might take a little bit of time to see where we're at. If there's going to be a DH, um, what what the monetary system is going to be, because that, that matters with the, the bigger names, the guys that are mm-hmm. going to make some money and the prospects you're going to have to give up to get those guys. So I'm, I'm thinking probably one of the guys who's not necessarily a bigger name, maybe like a Chad Pinder. He could help a lot of ball clubs. And wow, I'm, really? I'm torn, I'm torn between Chad staying there and, like, them being, hey, Chad's been in an organization for a long time. Fans know him. He can be there while we do the rebuilding thing. Or if they just ship everybody out, which I think I'm leaning towards the latter. And then guys like him and Bassett and Manaya, they're probably all available. And I, I would say one of those guys goes before Chapman or Olsen. I'm actually going to go with the one pitcher you did not mention, and that's Frankie Montas. Good. Um, yeah, he's a guy that had over 200 Ks a season ago, uh, has been relatively healthy in recent time, ERA plus of 121, pretty solid. Plus, I believe he still has two years left of control before free agency unlike Manaya and unlike Bassett, who's just one and go. Now, it means you might have to pony up a little bit more for a guy like Montas, but he's shown us really good stuff. He's still in his late 20s. I still think there's room to grow for him, and he's the sort of guy that you could plug in toward the top of your rotation, not as a number one, but toward the top of it and can make a, you know, a definite difference. I like it. I went and saw him pitch this year uh, against the Angels, and I saw him – uh, tune up Otani a few times. So I'm, I know Frankie, obviously I played with him and stuff. So that's a good one. Any of those guys, I think they probably go before the Mets. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. Uh, speaking of on his way, Michael Conforto will reportedly decline the qualifying offer from the New York Mets, which of course is valued at $18.4 million. Smart move from Conforto's camp or not? I think it is. I think it is. I think he has enough of a track record where you can say, you know, one tougher year. I mean, he still – what was his, his slash line this year? I mean, he got – Not good. I think his, it was a 728-ish OPS. He got back over 101 OPS plus. He's above league average, and that was in a bad year. Typically, I mean, his career, Chris, 124 OPS plus. Like, the guy's a banger, so you're going you're gonna to let one year slide here. I think he's going to demand – Somewhere in the 80s, 75 to 80s. I mean, does he cross the nine digits? I don't know. Maybe. Depends on who wants him. He does have some things in his favor, right? He's still only 28. Like, you look at him, you're like, God, how long was he in New York? He got up there as a kid. He's 28 years old. Um, The other thing is that he's a left-handed. 
left-handed hitting outfielder. There's not a lot of those guys available on the free agent market, right? Some of the best sticks are right-handed. Uh, Castellanos, uh, Starling Marte is out there. Uh, some other guys will be available. But there's not a lot of left-handed hitting outfielders that can play every day that's a solid defender. At first, I thought about it, and I was like, man, maybe he wants to reestablish his value. I did a little research that when they were talking to the Mets in spring training, that his agent, Scott Forrest, was using the framework of a George Springer deal, like five for 125. I don't think he gets anywhere near that. But, yeah, I could see him getting in the 80 to 85 range over five years or four years or something like that. Yeah, five at 15 is 75 mil. I mean, I, I see him right around there, Push, pushing towards 100. I mean, there are teams that if he – this is the thing, Chris. All you got to do is make a couple teams bid against each other. That's it. And Boris, <laughs> I I know a lot of things about Boris. I know the way he works. He can make one team bid against themselves. I've seen yeah. it before. So that's all it takes. And he could be pushing nine figures. Five years, 75. Five years, 80 seems appropriate for a guy. I mean, the guy, the guy can hit, dude. Like, that's not – Let's not have recency bias with his this year, even in his bad year, still above league average. So I think it was smart turning down the qualifying offer. He's going to get more, maybe less AAV, but he's going to get more guaranteed. And, and, and by the way, okay. in free agency, the real trick is in baseball, sometimes teams get hamstrung because they pay for what guys have done in their career, right? I mean, the Angels essentially paid for Albert Pujols being a three-time league MVP in St. Louis and putting up numbers that we had never seen the first 10 or 11 years of a career. And he was never able to duplicate that because he was already in his 30s. Michael Conforto is still only 28, as I pointed out. So if he's going to have a little slippage during this past season, I would rather bank on him still being, you know, a well above average player the next three years. And then I'll deal with maybe the last two years of the contract somewhere down the road. And, and they're going to wait also, I'd assume – to see what happens with the DH and all that stuff, because then price goes up for a guy like that. Yeah, but this is this. Yes, but this is a guy that you're going to stick out in right field every day. Yeah, for the first couple of years, but that allows him to get long, a longer deal. If you can say, "Hey, I can I can put this guy in year four, year five, and we don't have to have him in the outfield, but we can have his bat," that makes teams more apt to going after you. Good point. Good point. All right, uh, a couple of bits of pitcher news. Justin Verlander, who, of course, missed all of this past season because of Tommy John's surgery, trying to get back on the hill at age 39 years old. He reportedly held a tryout. About 15 to 20 teams were out there, and he was reportedly clocked at 96 miles an hour. Is that story more surprising than Andrew Heaney being the first pitcher off the market getting a one-year, $8.5 million deal from the Dodgers? Neither, neither of them are surprising to me because they were talking about Andrew Heaney and his metrics all year, basically. I mean, the Yankees tried to go expose the metrics and have him be the guy like a Robbie Ray, and now the Dodgers are going to try it. He's got elite spin on his fastball and his curveball, I believe, so you have to at some point try to just unlock this guy, and each team thinks their player development is better than the other teams. So, and you know, $8 million on a one-year deal, the Dodgers don't care about that. They're, they're, it's a lottery ticket for them. They're looking for the next Robbie Ray. That's what everyone's saying. They're comparing him to that. So, for them, great. For Andrew Heaney, even better. Let's go, baby. I love Andrew. Uh, I have one team for Verlander, though, and I love that he's throwing 95-96. I have a team that I, like, really want him to go to. It's the defending World Series champions. Can you imagine JV in a Braves outfit, baby? Interesting. Okay. That was like exactly good. Think of that one. 
there's going to be a lot of teams on him because, again, he's not going to demand a long contract. It's going to be a one-year, a two-year, you know, whatever he decides. I like the Braves, man. I think Verlander is, is really one of the more interesting guys out there because he has said this for a long time. His whole goal was to make it to Cooperstown. And along the way, he was going to win some awards and hopefully win some World Series. And he's done all of this stuff. So now at age 39, he's trying to come back and still be dominant, which not a lot of guys have done. So he can check mark that. He just has to pick the right team here. That uh, I don't know if Atlanta's the right one, to be honest <laughs> with you. Right? They've already got Charlie Morton, Max Freed, Ion Anderson. We hope Soroka. And Verlander, that'd be great. What are you talking about? I know. It'd be interesting. It would be interesting. I, I They still have so much do, work to do in the outfield, in my opinion, though. Yeah. That, and they got to pay Freddie Freeman. Yeah. And they got to figure out what to do with Dansby Swanson after this year. But what's Verlander going to cost? $20 million. For a year? Yeah. They got that. Oh, they, yeah, they do. They do. I just wonder if they try to do something a little more long term because at the end of this year, then you got to fill the spots of Verlander and Morton. That's I think a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, I think about the way that smart GMs um, think about contracts, and the smart ones know. Yeah, we want younger guys. We're trying to lock these guys up because that that's when they're affordable. And then on the other spectrum, with the older guys, we'll pay more. A like for one year, we'll pay more. As long as the years are there. We don't want a five-year thing for a Verlander type. We want a one-year. So, we'll mm -hmm. see. A lot. I think a lot of teams are going to be after this guy. Uh, isn't it really up to Kate where they end up going? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Probably. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, she's got to sign off on a lot of this stuff. And I get it. I would, too. Men, man. Just – you get no power anymore. See you later. Yeah. It's kind of the way it is. <laughs> Once you get married, right. you're, you're screwed. That's all right. It's okay. No, it's a collaborative effort. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. You and Olivia talk things out all the time. Same with me and Michelle. Sometimes. I a lot. I, yeah. my, my, my winning percentage is very, very low. I would have been fired. If I was a manager, I would have been fired a year, years ago. You talk about it, and then afterwards, like, didn't we talk about that? Mm. I know. Love you, Olivia. I do. I really do. Oh, I know you did. That's nice. By the way, real quickly on the Heaney stuff. So you mentioned that this is a, a lottery ticket for the Dodgers, and you talked about the spin rate on the fastball, and they look at those metrics, and they're like, we can fix him. He's had a career ERA plus of 90. That is well below league average. What makes you think that he could be successful? You know, what they're going to do, Chris, is they're going to see what quadrants of the zone are you successful in and what pitches are you most successful with, and we're just going to hammer those pitches. Whatever, you know, if you throw – uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know exactly what his repertoire is. I'm sure – I think he's got four pitches, five pitches. They might knock that down to three. And they might say, hey, we're going to use you in this these situations. There's going to be a lot of opener-type stuff, I think, coming out in the future. The bolt game they had – like the bolt games that they were trying to do, I think he could be involved in stuff like that. Right. But they're, they're just going to make him throw what works. So if your fastball at the top of the zone works, guess what you're going to be throwing? Your fastball at the top of the zone. If your breaking ball works in this quadrant, you're going to be throwing that a lot. That's what these teams do. Get rid of the pitches that don't work. Let's throw the ones that do work, and then we'll try to make them even better. So I think we'll see, man. Like the Giants, I think, would have been a great spot for him, but the Dodgers are, are just as good as the Giants in player development. So good spot okay. for him.
All right, last one. Uh, stepping out of the bounds of baseball real quickly. Uh, there's a um, real interesting – it's better than celebrity boxing because I think it's legit boxing. Former NBA all-star point guard Darren Williams is going to be facing off against former pro football Hall of Famer Frank Gore, uh, the undercard of one of the Paul fights coming up in December, I believe. So which two retired baseball players would you like to see step into the ring together? Now – I kind of cheated here because I did one retired and one current. Ooh, no, like, that's fine. There's a, there's no parameters on a question like this one. You can go whichever direction you want. Thank you, Zeros. First one, a Rod on this cor in this corner, Alex Rodriguez. Uh, right? He's got no short list of suitors that want to fight him. So a Rod in this corner. In the other corner, Josh Donaldson. Yes. Whoa. So we got a Rod. One of the best home run power hitters of all time who hates home runs and power hitting. And then we got Donaldson, king of the swing revolution, loves everything that's going on. Also one of the best home run hitters we got going. Those two together. Oh, my God. I got Donaldson, wow. by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, you're def definitely uh, getting plus something on the A-Rod betting card on that one. He's got the height, though. A-Rod's a, -Rod's, a -Rod's a big boy. He is. Josh going to have to come with it. You know, but there's, there's a real problem. I mean, Josh is a lot younger than me. Uh, I have not fought uh, since my early days uh, against Jason Veritek. So it's been a while since I've thrown a punch. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, good call. I like that. Thank you. For me, I had to kind of dive back into unresolved confrontations that happened on the diamond. Um, so for me, I don't know if you remember this fight between the Marlins and the Nationals over a, probably a decade ago or so. Oh yeah, Chris Volstad, who was six foot eight, on the mound, and Niger Morgan, T plus, T -plus. Yeah. yeah, the little guy for the Nationals. They threw behind him. There was a series of events. <laughs> he had taken out their catcher the day before. Plus, had stolen a couple of bases in a like a ten run game after after he got hit with a pitch, and. Neither side liked each other. He came out throwing, may have connected just a little bit, and then Gabby Sanchez came in out of nowhere. So this might actually be like more like a WWE than an actual boxing match. But I would like to see Niger Morgan, who's a little guy who's under six feet tall, looking up and going up against the six foot eight Chris Volstead. Okay, I like that. Yeah, just rehash you know, it out. Styles, styles make fights, so I want to see the little guy go against the big guy. I love it. I love it. There's a lot of good answers for this, by the way. A lot of great answers for this. Yeah, I think that we could be onto something. You know, uh, maybe we we reunite past baseball stars and get their frustrations out on a uh, a John Boy Media. No, you're not buying this. You're shaking I, it off already. Yeah, I don't like it. I wouldn't fight anybody. I don't have anybody that I want to fight. I don't think. What is your record in fights? Um. I've been in brawls with baseball, but I, I don't think those count because it no. uh, doesn't really Not matter. Not unless you were the centerpiece of it. I wasn't. Um, I've been in two fights other than that. I won them both. I got chat. My, my, can I get my fight story real quick? Yeah, let's do it. So this dude, year older than me in high school, thought he was my buddy. We're at a party, house party. He's drunk with all his friends. All of a sudden, I look around. There's a circle forming around me, and I don't know why. This guy in the circle, too, challenging me to a fight. Still have no idea why. Don't know what's going on. 
He comes up, throws the left hand, hits me like right up here. Ooh. The back of the head. I was like, holy shit, I guess we're fighting. I tuned this guy up, Chris. Specifically, I threw a left jab, hit his, his lip into his teeth, and the blood came out. I tuned him up. Best part of the story is I had a crush on this older girl, like a senior oh, in high school. Boy. I was like a sophomore in high school. Oh, he went boy. inside and got me a bag of peas and put it on my knuckles, bro. Oh. <laughs> and? That's it. Oh, that was, that's where the relationship ended? Yeah, that's it. I, I, bag I, of peas? I, I didn't even get like a kiss on the cheek or anything. It was just peas on the knuckles. I'll take it, though. Okay. I guess that's a good starting point. Uh, you? Mike comes in complete shock. I am 0-3. I am 0-3, including a uh, a loss to my not only my best friend at the time, but still my best friend today. Unreal. Jay Novotny. We were walking back from the uh, from the gym back to the middle school. We were in eighth grade. We had to walk outside in December in Cleveland. So there's all the snow on the ground. He thought I threw an ice ball at him that hit him, which really hurt, but I didn't throw it. He comes in. He's like, Rose, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, that wasn't me. He picks me up. He was considerably bigger. Dumped me in the trash can, and my little legs were just. Oh, man. So then I got out of there, and I went up to him, and I was like, well, he's bigger and stronger. What am I going to do? I took his glasses off, and I snapped him. Did you? You said I got out of there. That's a scene in old school when they're talking about. (laughs) I got out. I did. I got out. That's a little bit rough. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I will not be appearing on the fight card, the undercard, the overcard, or any card anytime in the near future. Oh, man. Although I feel really strong these days. Anyway, um, what do you have uh, coming up on John Boy? Well, I wasn't going to do talking baseball today because I was supposed to be at Disneyland. But we, we came home, so I think I'm going to go run outside and do talking baseball. Me, Ian Happ, and Jakey Boy. Oh, nice. That'll yeah. be fun. And uh, I believe a sequence came out yesterday. Uh, I'm talking about Buster Posey. And too busy writing. It's a small world. I, it came out yesterday. Buster Posey. I talked about his last ever home run and just a little bit about his legacy. Pretty cool episode. Uh, so go check that out. What do you got? Uh, so Gabe Kapler's still up there for uh, public consumption. We got a lot of positive feedback about hearing from a manager. It was the first time we had one on the Rose Rotation, but it will not be the last. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are taping with Tristan McKenzie of the Cleveland Guardians. Really good personality. Yeah. Super smart kid. Uh, wanted to be, I believe, a heart doctor. He was going to go to Vanderbilt if he hadn't been drafted in the first round, which he was. And, um, you know, he's a guy that had to deal with some immediate success in 2020. Then in 2021 was in the uh, in Cleveland starting rotation. Did not pitch well and got sent down. Mm-hmm. And then came back up and almost threw a perfect game. Um, so we're going to cover a lot of ground with him, have a lot of fun with him. Good, good kid. Big smile, funny, smart. Yeah. I like him. I, like, I had him early on in sequence, uh, one of his first – after one of his first starts, and he was very insightful. I was, I was pretty, pretty impressed. Yeah, no, he's really, really bright kid. No question. And that's it. Uh, we are back at it on Friday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Does that sound good to you? Yep. Okay. Thank you to everybody. We, uh, we know it's the off-season, but we still have the content coming each and every day. We're cranking it out. We're talking to some of the biggest names in baseball. If you want to hear something different, always leave it in the chat. Now, I do want to tell everybody, we're going to be trying something new. We're going to be jumping off of Instagram Live, and we're going to be doing these shows on YouTube, just like Talking Baseball does. 
Oh, babe, we're stepping it up a little bit, man. We're going to have microphones and everything. Well, I got, a, I got a microphone right here. Oh, I don't have one in my Can phone. Can you hear me? Hello? Hey, I also have to remember to shout out, I was on the Compound pod with Ian Happ, Dakota Mech, yes. Zach Short. So I did that. We had a lot of fun, and that was just kind of a really cool conversation. So if you're interested in that at all, go check it out. Listen, baseball season is over. It never stops. <laughs> we will keep talking as long as there's news to be had and people to talk to. Pretty simple. We're going to be around. So thank you for joining us today on Baseball Today. We will see you again on Friday. Ploofy, wish your beautiful daughter a happy fourth birthday for me, please. I will. I will. I love that. Now go open some gifts and go uh, go play uh, go play princess for a while. I want to see that. All right, my man. Peace, brother. Later.